Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Hey, peeps. So we have been um, off for a few weeks, which um, has been kind of nice. Um, Although I did cheat and did an interview with my brother. I'm a little, um, hmm. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, you did what without me? I know. (laughs) I know he was here and he was only it's here okay. for it's such Jeffrey. a reason. I love you, Jeffrey. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we decided that we were just going to interview two Jeffs two back Jeffs. to back. Because yeah, we have a Jeff on, on today. Yes, we do. So Jeff, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to have you on. We were just laughing because you are um, our first male, Officially. official male guest. Sorry, Jeff show. Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff is special to me in particular because he is my leadership coach and he has been such a big part of me setting goals this year and such a big inspiration to me. And so I want to just introduce him a little bit. Jeff has been a pastor his entire life with students, a nonprofit campus leader for a multi-site church, and now is a life coach and pastoral counselor. In 2012, he enrolled in the leadership program with the Christian psychologist, Dr. Townsend, which amazing boundaries. We've got to learn lots about those where he began to learn the importance of emotional intelligence. The experience saved his life and marriage. It was so transformative that he became the director in the Townsend leadership program. Later, his wife, Lisa, and him formed Myers life and leadership to bring freedom and emotional wholeness to individuals, couples and couples in the church. So needed. Can't even say how much that is needed. They are currently working on the inside sales team at Redfin Real Estate, where build where they are building the coaching and building a coaching ministry and creating a small retreat home in California's Central Coast, where they will be begin to host pastors and leaders in 2021. They have been married 26 years and live with their four kids, ages 10 to 22, in Southern California. We are so excited. Welcome, Yay. welcome. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And I am excited as well. I'm also a little bit anxious because I have to tell you, I am your your first uh, male guest, second named Jeff. Um, you are my very first podcast. What? Oh, my God. No way. I've had that happen a lot. I can't even believe that because I don't know. <laughs> we who... should be podcast launchers. <laughs> right, we should. I'm going to start, start pimping you out over here. I just think, I mean, you... I, I'm just blown away by how amazing you are, and so I can't believe that that's that's true. But that's awesome. Well, <laughs> welcome. That's great. Well, thank you so much. So happy to be here with you. So, um, Jeff, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your background, and just kind of maybe a little bit of your story? Sure. Yeah. So I, as you were just saying, I. My whole adult life, I've been in pastoral ministry. Uh, in fact, it was when I was in high school that I had a great experience with my youth pastor. And I thought, my, my thinking really, literally was, if I can have the same kind of impact that my pastors have had on my life, then I will know that my life has counted for something. Um, so I went right into youth ministry and then um, did that for a number of years. 
then was in, uh, involved with the nonprofit for a couple of years, and then was a campus pastor uh, at a church here in Southern California. And kind of through that time, I had this emotional awakening. Uh, and it was because things were going badly. Um, mm-hmm. I was released from a church that I had been at for 10 years. Uh, and then uh, we had a team, a uh, small team, three families that started this nonprofit. And incredible, incredible people, but not uh, there's a lot of dysfunction in the mm-hmm. leadership. Mm-hmm. And I was the only person being paid, so I was kind of the default executive director. And, you know, pretty quickly learned I was not designed to be the executive director of a nonprofit, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is a little bit humbling, you know. Yeah. But through that process, I, I realized, well, if, I, if I'm not going to be doing this, and it was a nonprofit that was working with uh, kids that age out of the foster care system, Wow. And lots and lots of trauma there. And we mm-hmm. went in super idealistic, and, and I just I learned so much through that process. But as my time there was ending, I got into the Townsend Leadership Program, and it was a literal epiphany. Mm-hmm. I, I did not have any idea how emotionally locked up I was. Wow. And, and how uh, detached I was from my feelings. Because I kind of grew up, you know, my, my parents were the kids of the, the World War II generation, and we just didn't do a lot of emotion in the home. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just didn't know what it meant to express emotion and, and how to feel in a healthy way. And I kind of carried that into my marriage and, you know, into my, my 30s and early 40s until I was in Townsend's group. And he helped me understand things like, you know, if you don't get emotional access and start start to express these things in a healthy way, they're going to come out sideways. And mm. It's going to be very unpleasant for the for the people around you. And so I just dug into that because it made similar to with my youth pastor. It made such a change in my life. I thought if I can do this with others, then my life will count for something. Yeah, and I think you so know that was kind of how I got into that. Yeah. So, and I think speaking from like a probably from a male perspective too, I think, you know, women tend to be a little, I mean, not all women are emotional, but they kind of have that extra gene that allows them to feel a little more than men. And so, I mean, I think that's so important to understand, you know, where men are coming from in that space, you know, and how did you actually come to find out that this was a real issue? Was it, you know, in your marriage and your, in your, Home. Was there one point yeah, there where one... where it like hit the hit the target where you were like, oh, I got to change this? Yeah, I think fortunately it's the the work with Townsend unlocked a lot for me, and so I was able to get ahead of the curve. Um, and but there was one very defining moment where I actually started to put some of the skills into practice and. We, uh, we adopted our youngest out of foster care through our uh, experience with the nonprofit and everything. We decided not to, you know, just work with kids that were aging out, but to try to get ahead of it a little bit. And yeah. so we adopted our, our youngest at, at two out of the foster care yeah. system. And we just loved her deeply. Uh, but that was a, a big change for our family. Mm-hmm. And it actually brought up a lot of, a lot of my wife's story that she had not... Uh, dealt with and and so there was a moment where you know she and I are fighting tensions are high and instead of trying to fix 
the situation, which I have tried many times before, and, and that mm-hmm. just simply doesn't work in those, you know, heightened emotional states, mm-hmm. uh, I just held her. Mm-hmm. And I tried my very best to to connect with what she was feeling. Yeah. And, and I was able to say, I have felt this, you know, I think it was a, it, it was an anger, but it was coupled with um, kind of a lostness and a rejection. And when I was able to tap into that myself and express that to my wife, that was where we connected. Wow. And when she tells the story, she will say, that saved our marriage. And I was so aloof to the situation, I didn't know it needed saving. Mm. So that's how much of a difference this has made in my life. That's great. Wow. So, Jeff, I have a question. Is this Dr. Townsend the same one that did the book Boundaries? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Love that book. Yeah. Um, I feel like, especially in COVID right now, that Boundaries, I feel like it's popping up mm. all the time. And well, I don't... Boundaries have been I mean, broken because of COVID. Yeah. Too much, too True. much togetherness. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, are you, I mean, are you seeing that come more like with the people that you're doing coaching with right now? Are you seeing that come up more and more? Whereas boundaries Mm. seem to be an issue in a lot of like relationships right now? Um, Yeah, I would say so. You know, and boundaries isn't just like kind of creating a fence around yourself. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's creating, I I think, I think they talk about this in the book club and council, but it's creating a fence that has a gate. Yeah, and it's allowing the the right people in uh, to into your space, and having yeah. mature people that are going to be life giving and and encouraging to you, and that, and that can be reciprocal. Uh, that's so important. And you know, with COVID, a lot of that has been taken away from us, and and mm. it's the people that are really being intentional about seeking those relationships out. Yeah. They're the ones that are actually more healthy right now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's more of a release of freedom to know, to be able to say no to -hmm. certain things and yes to certain things and not feel the guilt of it. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. what people don't understand. And especially Christian people is they think to be good, they have to say yes to all these good things Mm -hmm. and then they feel resentful. And that's not what a, a good boundary is. It's really about knowing what your limitations are and what's going to make you feel healthy. So I, I personally love that book and I use that, um, when I help my mother, daughter, um, people to just set boundaries with difficult moms. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think too, in the church, you find, a, and you're right. Like, I think, you know, mm-hmm. growing up in the church and, you know, coming from a pastoral place, Jeff, I know that, you know, boundaries are very difficult mm-hmm. to put in place. And, um, I think that if we don't do it though, we become, well, then we become res- codependent. Yeah. Too, and resentful. Right? You get yeah. mad mm-hmm. because you get burnout and then you think you're, you know, well, I have to do this for the kingdom. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you know, God doesn't want you mm-hmm. to burn yourself out over stuff. So, um, so what do you think is the hardest thing for people to embrace with emotional literacy? Oh, that's such a great question. Because uh, you're right, it is so pervasive, you know, just emotional illiteracy. Uh, and I, I think it's a couple things. One is, I think we just don't value it in our society. I mean, there's, you know, you may have heard the phrase bounced around just in the last couple of years, that facts don't care about your feelings. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, to a, 
in a certain framework, that's true. You know, they, they don't. But at the same time, if we ignore our feelings, then we're, we're not functioning as whole people. God created us with feelings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, emotion is the language of the heart. Mm-hmm. And emotion tells our hearts, or tell, emotions tell us how our hearts are interacting with the world around us mm-hmm. at an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And so I think the reason why it's so hard for people, one is just because we don't, we don't value it very much, mm-hmm. um, but also because we don't understand it and because there's a lot of deep hurts. You know, feelings mm-hmm. like joy and happiness and contentment, those are easy. Right. But when we, when we sit down and we actually give ourselves time and space to feel the hurts of our lives, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody likes that, right? Yeah. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's like volunteering to go, go in for a root canal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With no Novocaine. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, but it's like, you know, sorry to mix metaphors, but if, you're, uh, if the light on your dashboard, your engine light on your dashboard is blinking, yeah. And telling you that something's wrong. Yeah. And you ignore that, it's going to go bad sooner or later. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of times what we do, you know, metaphorically, is we put a piece of tape over that that light and we just keep driving and hoping things are going to turn out. Oh, and, this is a good you know, analogy. I like it. Yeah. yeah. And I hope you don't break down on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> like, just ignore the red flashing light. <laughs> They don't have to feel it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's um, I think that's something that we're working on this year. We really Mm -hmm. touched upon that last year, but we are really our heart is about, you know, guys, you need to feel all emotions. It can't just be the good ones. And you can't just keep reaching for peace without really going into the depths of like, what does pain look like Mm -hmm. and feel like? What does depression look and feel like? What is sadness? Like all of those things, because it, I, I feel like unless you feel the depth of sadness, you can't feel the light of joy. Right. Right. And so it's like, you don't really get to the full potential of that. If you're just constantly, I just want joy. I just want joy. I just want joy. But it's like, well, what does that feel like? Unless you've really felt the depth of like sitting on the floor, crying your eyeballs out and saying like, I'm really sad right now. And so, and then really digging into like, where's that come from? And I love that, um, you know, when you were talking about your wife and adopting this daughter and and it brought up some things for her and I wonder like so is that was that dysfunction from her family and it kind of brought up as a mom all of a sudden like how do I take care of this child yeah yeah that's very precisely what it was mm-hmm. yeah and, and you know that's the thing about about that moment in our marriage uh, was the the empathy piece mm. and you know I love I'm a huge fan of, of Brene Brown yeah. and all that she does about yeah. vulnerability and empathy so so valuable um, because I believe and, and teach that the incarnation of Jesus was the ultimate expression of empathy mm. it was Jesus coming to be with us and experience with us yeah. wow. and Jesus said love others as I have loved you you know, he kind of one up the uh, love your neighbor as yourself and, and took it another level and said, love, love others as I have loved you. Mm. And how did he do that? He entered in with us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, relationally speaking, 
uh, th- this is the thing about, about emotional intelligence is it's, it's literally impossible to empathize with somebody if you have no access to your own emotions. Because that's what empathy is. It's connecting your heart with somebody else's heart yeah. and experiencing. Yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna say, I, I, "I feel exactly what you're feeling," mm-hmm. but I have felt loss or I have felt sadness or rejection mm-hmm. in my life, and so I can connect that to how you're describing your loss or sadness or rejection. And so we can't do that if we don't have access to our hearts. Yeah, and I think too, like if you've grown up in a family where you don't, you're not allowed to feel emotion, it makes it very difficult for you. Why are you looking at me when you said that? (laughs) (laughs) You can only see. (laughs) No, I I mean, I think it does make it more difficult to connect. I mean, you know, and so, and I guess it's, and you know, if you have grown up where you're allowed, to feel, which I, I grew up where I am allowed to feel, I tend to be an overfeeler, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it, that's very interesting to me that you said that, and that was just like super profound because I do believe that Christ had empathy, and even with everything mm-hmm. that's going on right now in the country, like I feel like we've lost this sense of empathy, totally. like for everything, mm-hmm. like we are almost numb, mm-hmm. like we don't have. Well, we've had access to too much Mm -hmm. of everything, and I think people have gotten lost in the simplicity of what emotions really are. Mm -hmm. And because we see so much violence and so much stuff Mm -hmm. just 24-7, like we have access to it now, right? We can go on the internet, we can go on TV, we can go on whatever social media platform, and we can have... um, you know, access to any of this stuff, but is it sometimes too much of one thing? And then you kind of lose sight of the other emotions. So that's like a whole nother podcast in itself. But, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, so I think, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. And there is sort of this, it's almost like a Disneyland, like follow your heart wherever it leads in order to yourself thinking, you know, and, and if we do that without wisdom, Mm. then you're going to see people, oh, I'm angry, so I'm going to go out and burn something down. Yeah. There's no wisdom there, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's really important to make the distinction between how, being led by your emotions and and um, and seeing them as, as indicator lights on your dashboard. Uh, yes. Brene Brown said, feelings should never be ignored or placed in charge. Yes. I love that. So good. Yeah, because that is a good point is that we are talking about emotions, but you should never just be led by your heart because your heart can be fickle, right? So, right. Um, totally. Yeah, totally. so those emotions are important, but they, yeah, you should never put them in charge. I love I that. Know, I love Darn, that why didn't I write that? I know, I know. We're going to have to go listen to this like 13 times. We're going to have a ton yeah, of quotes from I you. I know, we're going to be doing like pull quotes and throwing them up on 24 karat. <laughs> you know, um, so- well, and you know, the other, the other thing is, is that Jesus, you know, to continue with the, you know, sort of theological side of this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yeah, and that was that was you know as a as a pastor that was why that was such a big breakthrough for me because I recognized I didn't have access to what was going on in my heart. Mm. So how can you possibly love God with all of your heart if you don't know what's going on in there? Yeah, wow. yeah, so, yeah. So, to, so part part of my part of my devotional life now is is it begins with hey God, what is the honest 
state of my heart mm-hmm. and giving that to him at the beginning of my time with the Lord and saying, here, as, as much as I can discern it and put words to it, this is the honest state of my heart. Yeah. And that's a key thing, too, is going to God and asking him, because it's not about our emotions. It's about what does he want to place there? Mm-hmm. Where does he want to guide us in that? Um, journey of even just for the day like where do you want us to be and be open to that's what should guide you and be in charge of not just you being in charge I hear a lot of um, there's a lot of young kids right now 20 somethings and it's it's all about like how you feel how you feel Mm -hmm. how you feel and I'm like all of that is good like you you know and a lot of talk of manifesting you know if you Mm -hmm. feel this way it's gonna happen you know and and it's like, that's great, but you can't, you can, you cannot um, let your emotions be in charge right. of your life and your lifestyle just right. because you feel that way. It's like there is a higher power that is going to come along and literally take charge of your life, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> and so right, I just think right. it's really important that people get in contact with that, too, that you're not in control of your life in that way, that your emotions do not rule Mm -hmm. how you live your life completely. No, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've learned from you too, because um, I think we talked about, so by the way, we met Jeff through Freedom Academy. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're poster children for Freedom Academy, (laughs) I'm just going to say. Which Jeff doesn't remember me, but I was there two years ago. I know you said, oh, we haven't met before. And I was like, oh, we did. I didn't get to talk to you (laughs) one-on-one. But I, I just, I loved this part of, the class because it just connected and resonated with me mm-hmm. because a lot of times you hear people say certain things, but it's, there's more to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Jeff, when we met last, I'll just throw myself under the bus. I said, I'm oh, tired. No. <laughs> and you go, well, yeah, but what, what exactly is that emotion mm-hmm. connected to being tired? And I never thought about it that way. Right. And so I think you use things called soul words. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if there's, um, and I think you also in class said something like when people say, yeah, but mm. it's often a cry to connect, is what you said. And I just remember that yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And, and, you know, our God designed us to be in relationship with people. And mm. when Adam and Eve sinned, they covered up. Like mm-hmm. that was one of the, the results is that they covered themselves up and they yeah. hid from mm-hmm. God and from each other. Uh, and not just physically, but, but there's an emotional covering up, you know, because there's a vulnerability there. Nobody wants to feel vulnerable mm-hmm. if they're exposed and could be uh, wounded. Right. Right. And so, so that, uh, you know, being able to have mature relationships where we can be emotionally uncovered, and, mm. and talk about those things with people and say, here, here is the honest state of my heart. Um, can you still accept me if I'm terrified or mm. feeling unloved or feeling wretched or unhappy or grieving or miserable? Um, we, we just need to be able to express those things. And that's what, that's what helps us connect with people because, you know, when we think, one of the things we talk about in Freedom Academy is how human beings connect through emotion that's how our hearts connect mm-hmm. you know i could say i could say this is my first podcast and that's a fact or i could say i was actually 
anxious and and nervous and a little bit scared. I don't want my words to come out wrong. I you know <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got these, yeah. these sort of anxiety emotions coming up, and you know you can maybe relate to oh my first podcast. But when I tell you, I'm really kind of anxious about this. It takes the our, our relationship to a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's so key, even, you know, when we talk about personally, but also like in your business, just being able to really relate to people, you know, on your team or whatever's going on with people who work for you. And I think that just takes you to a different leadership role. Like it just gives you so much more to offer those people who are working with you. And so that's what I, I do love about you know, working with you in the, in the leadership role, like I'm getting to see the, cause I feel like in business, especially the emotional side, like yeah. I can't say how many times I've been told like, Oh, don't have any emotions when it comes to business. You know, you cut it off, but we're not separate. And we people. all do. We're not robots. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we're not like, it's yeah. not like, I'm I mean, this, we don't want people crying, crying all over their Rhonda. desk, but yeah. <laughs> except for Rhonda. Jeff knows our whole session has been tears for like five weeks. But <laughs> the only time I cry is with Carrie Scott Garcia. Yeah, well. <laughs> she just, so how are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that girl will break you. But <laughs> so funny. Um, but no, I think that it's, you know, it's important like as, as a, a business person to have somebody that can teach you how to have emotional literacy, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess with that, I would ask like as a leadership coach, what are some of the tools that you give your clients um, to be successful at understanding people emotionally in the place of business? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it begins with knowing yourself mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. can't connect with others if you can't connect with yourself. And so that's, that's where a lot of that work has to begin is with the whole uh, understanding your own emotional world and then beginning to uh, develop a sense of you know, healthy vulnerability. And then from that, a healthy uh, empathy and being able to empathize with others. Yeah. You know? um, but, but in terms of tools, you know, the feelings list or the soul words list mm-hmm. and, uh, and then people's, the needs that people have, um, you know, just understanding that, that we all have needs. No one likes mm-hmm. to feel needy, but mm-hmm. there's a difference between being sort of the needy kind of sponge that nobody likes to be around. And then it's just admitting that you have needs because right. everybody has needs. Right. And so to be able to express those needs in a healthy way, uh, and those needs are connected to the feelings oftentimes, you know, yeah, well, I'm, I'm angry. I'm overwhelmed. Well, I need someone to help me kind of contain my feelings a little bit here. Can I just share this with you mm-hmm. and you can hold this space with me and I can know that I'm not going to overwhelm you. You know, we, we need that. That's a, that's a need. So I ask mm-hmm. for containment, right? Uh, right? Those kinds of things. Um, but you know, another, another tool, I guess, in coaching is just helping people know what to do with the awareness, mm. um, making the, uh, making the awareness of something. Uh, well, okay. I'm feeling this way, but how does that serve you? You know, that's kind of where the coaching comes in is talking mm-hmm. through knowing that you have a feeling or there, there is this thing going on inside. And how do I uh, how do I turn that to my advantage so I can I can acknowledge it, not put the piece of tape over the light. But how do I uh, how do I use this? How do I process through it and grow through it? Uh, to use it to my advantage, you know, is another big piece of, of coaching. It's just, it's not just the awareness, but it's knowing what to do with it. 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, I you've helped me like personally so much just in the short time that I've had him as a leadership coach, just both personally and professionally, because it's, it's true. It's like sometimes like, you know, trying to, I think when we first, the very first time we met, I had told him, I'm just trying to figure out how to compartmentalize like Mm -hmm. everything that needs to be done in my life without it bleeding over back and forth. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so he's been very helpful in that. And I mean, I'm forever grateful to you because (laughs) I'm I'm grateful to you too. She's, she's so, she's so good. I'm so needy. She's so needy. (laughs) She's so nice to me too, Jeff. I, mean, I think that's going to be our next discussion when we talk next time. She's Stop like, so I have this best friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but no, thank you so much, Jeff, yeah. for just giving us even just those little snapshots of tools that we can use. And, um, we always have one question that we ask. It's our standard question. And we want to ask you, what would you tell your 22 year old self? That's such a good question. Um, I, I would begin with watch out for 2020. <laughs> That's the best answer ever. Winner, you win. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Beware, it's coming. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, it, it just comes down to, I, I wish I had known these things earlier in my life. I think I think I would have gotten out of pastoral ministry sooner and mm. pursued. I actually started I started psychology programs um, I, two or maybe three different times, um, and and I thought that my love of working with people would be best uh, worked out in my life through pastoral ministry mm. in the church in sort of the, the traditional pastoral sense, right. Um, and so much of pastoral work is administration, and it just killed me. It, yeah. it, it was not, it's, it's not what I was made for, yeah. you know? And so I would have, I would have changed those things uh, about my, my life trajectory and all. Um, mm. But yeah, just, I mean, the simple principle of connect with people before trying to correct them mm. or trying to offer advice, uh, that empathy, empathy and vulnerability uh, would have radically changed my relationships for pretty much all of my life. Yeah. And you know, that's so good because I, I know that Phyllis and I have had many conversations where we have said, man, I wish that we would have done some hard soul work, like in our younger years. And I, you know, I was talking to my daughter the other day and I was like, you know, she's seeing an an amazing therapist. And I just think, man, you know, I wasted so much money on shoes. I should have got a therapist. I mean, mine was alcohol. I don't know what you're talking about, but (laughs) so, you know, I mean, it's true. Like when you look back, you know, that question is um, a favorite. We were thinking about retiring it, but I think we're going to have to keep it because everyone seems to love it. Um, But no, it's so true. You know, I think that really investing in yourself, like speaking to like the younger generation, like younger than us, obviously. Well, that's why we asked that question, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like we have some young 20 somethings Mm -hmm. listening and you know, I know that they feel like they have it all together mm-hmm. and they're, they're like scared. They're like, oh, my gosh, my life. And it's like, calm down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got lots of years. Yeah. Learn these lessons. Yeah. Learn the lessons we learned later in life. Well, oh, my gosh, Jeff, we could talk to you forever. Yeah. We're going to have to have you on again. Yeah. I, I just have so enjoyed 
every time I talk to you, I just so enjoy talking to you. So um, thank you so much Uh, for being a part. Thank you so, so much. And 24 Karat Tribe, thank you so much for listening today. Please go like, subscribe, and share. It's important to us. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page, 24 Karat Conversations, and also our Instagram at 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda. And we will go ahead and put in show notes Jeff's information as well so that you can have all of his information. You can find him on Instagram. What's your Instagram, Jeff? It's at Myers Life and Leadership. All right. And we will make sure to put his contact information there. So if you're looking for a good life and leadership coach, he's awesome. He's your man. He's your man. Thank you so much, Jeff. And until next time, 24 Karat Tribe, sparkle on.